Welcome to episode 33 of the YYC Real Estate Show. My name is Sebastian, like always, and this is Shiraz. Uh, we're here at a new build here in Cochrane by Cardell Homes, and uh, it's one of my listings. And it's, it's a beautiful new home. It's 2,200 square feet made and up, about 3,000 square feet of total living space with six bedrooms and four bathrooms with a legal suite in the basement, and the lot size is 8,600 square feet. We talked about it quite a bit before, but it's nice to finally shoot a podcast here. Yeah, it's a really, really well-built home, of course. Cardell Homes, everyone knows Cardell Homes, but this is sitting on a really big lot, like corner lot, alley makes it a corner lot, and having a triple garage and a legal suite basement, that's a, that's a huge plus, a two-bedroom legal suite in the basement. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm glad to say that it's finally conditionally sold, which is great. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it's still a journey, even though it's conditionally sold. As Shiraz always says, you don't count your chickens before they hatch. Yeah. But you don't count your eggs? No, you don't count your chickens. You don't count your chickens before the eggs hatch. Oh, okay. Sorry, I just missed the, missed the yeah. case there. Because with a conditional sale, you'd never know what's going to happen. And we're going to talk about quite a few things about that today. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, how's the market doing, Chris? The market, um, I'm excited to share Krebs recent release and we can talk about everything Kreb has released. There's a 29 page report that went out for all of October statistics. So there's a, a link, just kreb.com actually. And uh, we'll just talk about what we do every week first, really quick, um, how many active listings there are today in Calgary and there's 2,641 again. That still means we're in a low inventory situation. So we're not in a balanced market. So it's still good out there. If you price your home right, you should have no problem selling in this home. And what we're seeing a lot of is sale of buyer's home condition and people get worried about that, but we're still in a good situation and market where if you price accurately, you can go ahead and navigate the market that way. So we'll we'll touch on that later on how that's a, it can be a tough situation, but you must prepare, always prepare yourself. And if you take the necessary steps, it can always become a smooth transition uh, with a real estate agent's help to facilitate you having to sell your home, buy the next one, move only once. And uh, we'll talk about the implications if possession dates don't match up and what options uh, clients have and the general public has at their disposal to to kind of have a bridge loan, right? To offset mm. that. So. How many sales were there in the last uh, oh, week? Let me guess. Um, just because we hit November, um, I think. Because it's fall, fall, winter's a little slower, right? Nevertheless, I st- I'm still going to guess 590. 504. 100 wow. off almost, yeah. Wow. Um, <clears throat> highest was 2,050,000, second highest, 2 million. So, you know, obviously Calgary has swings from 150,000 all the way to $10 million. And the lowest sales were 150,000 and 164,000. I really like this uh, 150,000 sale because it's a 766 square foot apartment. That's a big apartment for $150,000. Normally you see like a little 400 square foot bachelor studio, right? Yeah. So this is good. Well, how old is the building? Buildings actually, I know this building well. It's on the corner of uh, Edmonton Trail and McKnight. It's triple three Gary Crescent. The entire complex got a, a renovation done not too long ago, about four years ago, three, four years ago. So it, it actually looks everything new on the exterior. Yeah. And then interior is unit by unit, whether they renovated the interior or not, unit by unit. So this one has full renovations. I'm looking at it. 
the entire unit's been fully redone. And that's a great investment for anyone to make. 150,000, 634 a month includes everything except electricity. So at that price point, it's a, it's a great investment. Have you ever, have you ever, have you noticed when you drive around town that you see like a ton of apartment buildings that have the big old Main Street sign on them? What, do you know Main Street? Yeah, so Main Street is a very big property management company. Oh. So when Main Street has their big sign outside of a building, that means they're in charge of that entire building. Oh, you know what? That building is not for sale, basically. Oh. That, that building can be owned privately, but Main Street has the license and they they don't own it, but they're licensed to manage the entire facility. So they're gonna, it's only available for rent. You're not gonna find something for oh, sale. Okay, okay. It's, it's Main Street basically. And um, I'm not sure about this, but normally in that situation with these big outfits, they actually own that property as well. Yeah. Which is why they're only renting it and taking charge of renting it themselves. Which, which is, I was going to say, I was like, I was curious if it was like this big company owning a ton of apartment buildings. They do. Yeah. yeah. So not only do they manage, they also own, own yeah. a lot of them, which is, they're everywhere. They're I everywhere, know. Yeah. They're one of the biggest outfits. You have, what is it? Hope Street and Main Street. Mm -hmm. So. A lot of streets, yeah. Yeah. I think it's Hope Street, right? Hope Street and Main Street are, are the two biggest ones. Main Street is the biggest one yeah. in town that has the most amount of entire buildings and they, they rent them and manage them yeah. on their own. And, and you can hire Main Street and Hope Street to manage your own personal property as well. Yeah. But again, you can choose from a hundred different managers, property yeah. managers. And, right? and it's, and it's kind of cool because like these big companies are taking advantage of uh, government programs like the MLP program, which they can get a 40 or 50 year loan on their apartments, interest-free for the whole loan. Wow. Yeah, they just have to qualify for the low-income housing. Not yeah. low-income, they have to qualify for the certain amount of cost per unit. Um, but they're taking advantage of that. They're trying to make, I guess that's Canada's attempt at making housing more affordable. I believe they just put $20 billion back into that program mm -hmm. to uh, incentivize people to, well, price their, prop their properties correctly so they can get that loan that they can make really good money off of. Yeah, that's a great advantage for people to keep in mind about there. Um, hopefully I don't bore you for the next five five minutes here, but um, since it's a new month, the Calgary Real Estate Board and the link we're talking about to see the 29 page report that they release for the, the previous month. I'm gonna go ahead and read a little bit of the, the Coles notes um, as you will about October and what happened. So October sales activity did slow over the last month in alignment with typical season patterns, right? Going into fall. But the 2,171 sales in that month were 17% higher than last year's October numbers, right? So sales activity has been boosted mainly through gains in, we talk about a lot, apartment, townhouse. Why? Because as prices have gone up, condo and townhouses are the ones that people can now afford. Yeah. You know, so those... And interest rates, right? And interest rates have something to do with that, but... New listings improved in October compared to last year's October. You know, new listings were 2,684, reflecting the highest October levels since 2015. And despite some recent improvements in new listings, supply levels remain challenging. As we said, a little over 2,600 current listings. Mm -hmm. And the benchmark price right now in Calgary for a detached home is 571,600. Yeah, when they say benchmark, that just means average price of home. 
This is the average. So the, this is the unadjusted benchmark price um, of a home in town. Again, it is an average, but uh, that's the benchmark price that they go on. So detached, both sales and new listings improved. Uh, 1,302 new listings in October and 976 sales of detached homes in October. Now inventory levels have declined for all homes priced below 700,000, leaving conditions exceptionally tight for lower priced homes. The only area where conditions are not as tight as last year is for homes priced million and above, where the months of supply has risen to 4.3 months. Mm. So what that means when people see that or hear that, months of supply, that means if everything kind of stopped and how long would it take to sell and deplete the inventory that we have right now? So it would take 4.3 months on average to sell off everything that's there. Yeah. So that's what that means. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll stop boring everyone out there. These are all statistics and numbers. You know, I love, we love talking about them, letting everyone know what's going on, but um, Calgary is still an amazing place for, out of province um, clients and people to come and move to you know again a new client came to me a husband and wife and they're from Ontario looking to buy here and they were shocked to find out we don't have all these extra land transfer taxes extra fees and the price points are so much better over there in Ontario so you're still seeing migration which is keeping Calgary's market in comparison to the rest of the country still a very very hot market to be in and trade in so it's good news for us and for investors out there, it's, you know, don't let the interest rates scare you. You know, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. These interest rates and all these scares only affect you if you're selling in that market. If you're looking to buy something today, like these clients are, and spend 20, 25 years there, or, you know, even 10 years, what's the worry? So, yeah, you know, it's a good time to be here. And uh, this is a great property. I knew you would sell it. It sells itself almost because of the crazy and good lot it's on and that advantage of a legal suited basement. Yeah. And the, and the thing is that it's, it's so big that you could even put another <coughs> double or triple garage in the backyard. Yeah. This yard I'm staring at yeah. right here. Get the zone. You could put another house out there. Right? Carriage suite maybe. Yeah. Carriage suite is when you got the garage and then the suite on top. That's a great idea because you actually have room to do an entire triple garage. Yeah. With a carriage suite, two bedroom carriage suite above yeah. it. And, and the driveway is fantastically long. It's five, 54 feet long at the longest part of the driveway. So you got a big RV or anything, you can park it there. But I mean, or even you know having a legal suited basement if you're going to do an Airbnb or you're going to have tenants down there. They don't have a worry for parking yeah. and worrying about finding street parking when the driveway on this property offers a lot of space. Yeah, but about buying and selling, um, I wonder, could you talk about the importance of knowing your options and also being honest with your realtor when it comes to, you know, your finances and, and, and what you're Well, yeah. you know, to be completely honest, that, that is our job. It is our job yeah. to kind of dig in and ask those qualifying questions to our clients to get the full picture, right? Anyone can tell you, oh yeah, my house is paid off and oh yeah, financing is not an issue for me, but it's up to me and you as real estate agents if we're in those situations to do our homework and due diligence and find out if that's actually true. Um, so, you know, some issues I've dealt with and continue to deal with. And most recently I'll talk about an example 
So when you have a sale, which you need the proceeds of that sale to fund the purchase of your next move, the possession dates must match up or be very, very close in order for you to keep the cost low because essentially somebody has to pay for you to buy that property. And if the proceeds are coming from the sale, you know, who's going to pay for you to take that property ahead of time, move into it and then pay that off by selling your home. Right? So this is what's called a bridge loan. Yeah. And normally it's very easy, easily handled through uh, a lender, which is a general bank. Um, conventional bank and it usually comes to a small amount per day yeah but you know some people are in a situation um, if they're self-employed whatever the situation may be if if a bank for whatever reason regardless that you have your home paid off of doesn't want to help you or asks you to do a full mortgage application um, then you have to go through alternative lending solutions which there's many out there we call them b and c lenders private lenders. Um, there's always a fee, non-refundable fee to take advantage of their services. So there's that additional cost. Plus they'll have a, a monthly charge to you, which is going to be substantially higher than a conventional mortgage. But again, it's, it's because someone's in a situation where I really love this home. I want to buy this home, but the possession date of this home is 60 days away from the sale of my home. So I, I have 60 days to cover here. And you just run your numbers and, and sometimes if you can justify that additional charge and fee, there's always, always a solution to every problem. There's always a way you can make it happen. But the worst case scenario is it's just going to cost you a little bit more. So either you just tell yourself, I paid X amount more for that home, but I really love it. So I'm okay to do that. You know, so these are the situations. So if you have a property that's fully paid off, no mortgage on your property, Make sure you do your homework for yourself and talk to your bank or any lender and make sure you can have and take advantage of that equity you have in your home to make sure you can do a, a bridge loan and comfortably move once and buy your next home and the money coming from the sale of your current home will pay for that. And just make sure that in the interim, you are prepared and have that covered yeah. and keep that as low as possible, right? Because if it is close enough, the lawyers uh, could put up a paperwork that says it's called tenancy at will, where the seller agrees to give the buyer tenancy at will to, to, to the buyer so they could just move in a few days early. And then that's right. if you have it a few days off. That, that usually can be handled, but when it is a month or two off from when you receive the money, when you can actually pay, for your home, that's when it gets a bit complicated. And, and depending on your situation, whether you have a mortgage or not, it really, really affects how you need to approach those kind of deals, right? Because exactly. you would think that cash would make things easier, but not necessarily. Well, see, the general public will believe that, right? And I'm saying it out loud. Everyone that hears that, you know, thinks they're in a great position, which you are. You are in a great position if you have your home paid off and not having a mortgage on your house yeah, financing is not an issue for me. I don't have a mortgage on my house. Where, where could there be an issue? I'm selling my house, taking all that cash and buying my next house. I don't need a bank, I don't need a mortgage. But you do need one of these banks, these mortgage companies, these lenders to help you facilitate what we call a bridge loan because how are, someone has to pay the seller of the home you want to buy if the possession dates don't match up, right? Yeah. So I've been through it time and time again. And when you're dealing with a conventional A lender, a regular bank, 
it's minimal, you know, it's the, it's the most cost effective way versus putting your stuff in storage and getting a short term rental or an Airbnb, you know, that can get costly, right? Yeah, we always try to we always try to organize it in a way where you move once. Right. Right. But sometimes it's not always possible, depending on the home that you're buying, right? You might fall in love with a home and they they just can't you just can't close on it quick enough. Right? And you have to deal with that situation as they come. Um, and that's why that's our job, right? To give you all the options. And not only give you options, but there there's there's selling real estate and buying real estate there's a lot of unique scenarios that come up. Mm-hmm. And, and the nice thing about us is that we are so connected with the industry from lawyers to mortgage brokers and, and in between that we know who to ask these questions to and how to get the right answer, right? So, so you don't have to deal with that work. Who do you trust? We have people that we worked with in the past and who for us are reliable, right? Right, essentially we're here to guide you through those scenarios and situations, but um, just as a reminder to everyone out there, no matter what situation you're in personally, um, make sure you take the extra step, ask your licensed professional, ask your real estate agent, ask your mortgage broker, you know, ask the bank, ask whoever you can, ask your lawyer, just to prepare yourself for the steps you're going to take. You know, never assume, do not assume because you, you understand you're in a great financial situation, but um, how will the lenders t- handle this? How will the banks handle this, right? Just being in a good financial situation personally doesn't mean everyone that's involved, all the entities that are involved will, will be quick to just help you out. Okay, you know, your house is paid off, whatever you want, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, right? It's, uh, it's always up to them. You know, you do need help in these situations and uh, yeah. it can get costly if you're not prepared ahead of time. Yeah, because like, like you think, oh yeah, I have a house cash, it would be easy. But for example, if you're retired and you don't have the income to get a mortgage, then it becomes tough. Take those options for them to pay right. for your next house and, right. and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's very situation dependent. I mean, we can't go into detail for every single scenario. No, no, of course up. not, right? So, yeah. you know, generally you want to get a firm sale on your home, you know, have a possession date in mind for that and have it in writing concrete. It's a firm sale. This is the possession and, and have that out as much as you can to give you the peace of mind to comfortably shop. And so you're not forced to get into a property you may not love. Make sure you have enough time to shop for your next home and then you can negotiate and make sure those possession dates align as close to as possible. Yeah. Right. So to prepare for these situations. So really it's all about preparation, um, asking the right questions um, to professionals like ourselves, you know, like I said, mortgage brokers, lawyers. So, you know, just a cautionary tale for everybody out there. Um, just make sure you're covered, ask the questions and count all your chickens before your eggs hatch, right? Oh, yes, yes, very confusing way to put it. I've never heard it like that. Never heard it like that, so I got a little confused, but, uh, but yeah. No, yeah, he's right. Well, what I meant to say by that was like, I was actually wrong. What I meant to say is like, don't count your chickens before your eggs hatch. Right? Yeah, and uh, preparation is great. Asking questions is great. And, uh, and feeling confident in the person that you're working with is also great. If you have doubts about something, Never be afraid to ask. And if the person you're asking these questions to doesn't want to answer them, you might need someone else to help you out with those deals. Like, like it's just- there's, there's thousands available to you, right? If, if you 
or not happy with your lawyer, not happy with your mortgage broker, not happy with your home inspector, not happy with your real estate agent. All these um, separate individuals and individual categories within a real estate transaction have not hundreds. We have there's thousands of options for you, right? Yeah, and and every single one of them is happy to help. Of course. So it's a. Uh, it's it's business, right? It's for us. It's it's business, and and we want to give as good a service as possible. And if you're not feeling comfortable, let them know. Let them know. And if they don't want to make you feel comfortable, and I personally like it to be a win-win where the buyer feels like they're being taken care of, and the seller feels like they're being taken care of. And the end of the day, it's all about getting that deal closed and making sure both parties are happy with the price and how the deal's going, possession. Uh, if there's any delays, right? So with an experienced agent or someone that knows what they're doing, there's there's huge benefits with going with one agent, but it's just you have someone representing you and you only. Yeah. You know, they have your best interest, they're protecting you, and uh, it, it's a peace of mind. But um, yeah. I feel like I uh, rattled this guy a little bit with that uh, billion dollar lawsuit. I don't know, I don't know, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, I, I, I don't understand, I don't know the, how their how their governing bodies work because we have like I think we have like four four different governing bodies just for our yeah license well, as realtors for everyone out there you know we all have a cell phone in our pocket in a computer at home yeah. iPad just look at it yourself just Google Google the lawsuit in the states over real estate and that's the first thing that comes up because that makes headlines when there's an uh, awarded multi billion dollar lawsuit yeah. right over a billion. To, I'm, I'm wondering who gets that. Is it all these homeowners? Like that must have been a lot of homeowners that like a class action kind of. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I mean, what, what buyers and sellers don't see is that we the amount of eyeballs that go onto one deal is crazy. Like yeah. we're looking at it. Usually another realtor is looking at it that we we trust and we want to reflect with. Yeah, and then our conveyancing team, our lawyers, our brokerage, and then. And then, yeah, there's, there's so many people are looking at this paperwork that I feel like I feel like we have a pretty good system. Mostly here in Alberta, because we don't have those transfer taxes. We don't have those extra fees. And our uh, our paperwork is a lot more straightforward than some of the other problems. Yeah, we're, we're very attractive for any investor, which is why Alberta continues to do well when there's turmoil elsewhere and close by. I wonder if it's gonna change though. Who knows, as we grow, they might, uh, feel the need for higher regulation, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, what can you do? Yeah. Just ride the wave. Ride the wave. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, just, out of, just out of curiosity, just going to pull something up here. Just reading um, reading what the, the fees are. It was 60000 US for a million dollar sale, 30 each side, right? Well, that That's would be 6%. That's what they were charging, right? Which I guess what Zach was saying makes sense, right? Yeah. But what does uh, what does somebody pay here? That'd be on a million dollar. Thirty-four thousand. Thirty-four thousand. You're almost right. So close. So <laughs> basically, literally almost half of what's being charged down there. So you can you can get why someone would look at their fi- final statement of selling their home and see. $60,000 in real estate fees versus someone selling that same dollar amount property here is seeing almost half of that 34,000 in fees, right? Yeah. So perhaps that has a lot to do with 
what happened and maybe they perhaps this will push them to change their model to kind of mimic the model we have, which is, you know, much more attractive for someone to utilize using a real estate agent. Yeah. You know, so well, that, that has nothing to do with it. I just wanted to check like $60,000 on a million dollars. Is their model, maybe I have to read up on it, but I wonder if their model is that they have to charge that five or 6%. I believe, flat. I believe it's in this real estate. Everything's negotiable, right? Yeah. But, but if they're getting sued for it, was it negotiable? Yeah. Right. Like if it was, if it was negotiable, like here in Canada, it's it's completely negotiable. Yeah. There isn't there isn't an issue with that. And if your real estate agent out there tells you these are my fees and they're not negotiable, just give me a call. Yeah. I'll work <laughs> with you. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, this has been episode thirty-three of the YYC Real Estate Show. Um, we've definitely gotten more more creative when it comes to our backdrops and where we're doing our. Yeah, we'll continue to bounce around and bounce to different properties and different areas and keep you guys updated. And I'm really, really looking forward. And I hope uh, my viewers out there, our viewers out there, do start to reach out and, and ask us some questions and things we can talk about and shout out who asked that question. You know, like John Smith 1234 asked us this question last week. So here we are for everyone and his benefit answering those questions, looking into his area, his community. Um, you know, just I'd be really interested to start engaging with the viewers out there. So, yeah. So please subscribe, like, and uh, send us a message, and we'd love to answer questions that anyone has out there, and, and talk to anyone. It'd be great if we could have a live phone call with somebody that's interested while we're having an episode too, right? Yeah. Someday. Someday. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Let's see how we do that. All right. Have a great one. Enjoy your next week. November and.